hola, hello, hi, bienvenido, and welcome back, or welcome to Mentors Today, Ileana. Como estas, mi amiga? You're here. Hey, I cannot believe this is happening. Unbelievable. Hi, everybody. Oh, my God. I'm back. Can you believe? I can't, I, I can't but like just for context, it's August, what is it, like 12th or something today or 10th? I don't even know. 11th. Yeah, August 11th today. So it's been a while, buddy. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been since April. Yep. And, and you're, you're in Guadalajara while we're talking. I'm still in Guadalajara, but not in the same place. There we go. And I think we'll talk about that in a little while. Exactly. You just came back from a little holiday. You were in La Paz with the family for a few weeks. I, that was awesome, right? Yeah, it was really nice. I, I get to see my family and reconnect with everybody, with my loved ones and with my city. And I'm refreshed now. I was just going to say, I was just going <laughs> to put the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, I feel like refreshed and recharged might be the yeah. proper, the good adjectives. But very literally, like in yes. every way. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, I mean, I don't have to tell our audience or you how excited I am to have you back because as much as I enjoyed having really cool conversations with cool people as we went on with more episodes after you took some time away, uh, it's just not the same. It just isn't as fun. It isn't the conversations aren't as good. They're not as interesting. And although the guests are the guests are very kind to me, like I know the guests love it better when they talk to me and you. So it's awesome to have you back. Yeah, and now and now we kick off the second part of 2022. Yes, I just arrived to kick off the last part of the year. <laughs> yep. So we turned we turned your little sabbatical into a summer break for the show. And we took a little time off for all of us so we can enjoy our summer here in LA, there in Guadalajara, Deanna in Mexico City. And now it's time to get back to it. So this is our kickoff welcome back show. Uh, we're super, super excited. We're grateful that everybody listens to us. And to kick off today, let's share a little bit of your story. We won't make you the guest today all by yourself. We don't want to put that pressure on you. So I can okay. be the guest too, because I know you got a lot of, you want to know what's going on in my life, right? But like, let's explain to people, uh, because it has been since episode 36, when we interviewed our buddy Dave Whalen from Bioscience LA way back yeah. in April, as you said, that you went on, I referred to it as kind of a sabbatical, some time off to just tackle life, a whole bunch of stuff, work life, personal stuff, some unforced adversities that happened. And I know you want to share some of those stories with you. The The one that some of our guests, if they listen to the Dave Whalen episode, might <laughs> remember was that that day there was a bit of extraordinary background noise yeah. Because there was some construction going on in the space, like the building area next to your apartment building where you were recording. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and what happened after that episode? Oh, my God. A lot happened. A, a life happened after that episode. I think that was one of the last days that we were safe there because that building ended up being destroyed. So <laughs> the building literally collapsed underneath you. It's not like in a movie, but it was how do you say what we can habitate? Yeah, un unhabitable. Yes. Unhabitable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so one day I wake up, I went to my job and then I receive a call. Hey, you have to evacuate your apartment because it's falling down. <laughs> 
just a little like a phone call like hey you left like your apartment this morning and now by the way your apartment is not here yeah well it it is there it was there but it wasn't able to go back again because it was very dangerous to put a step in because a construction beside my apartment damaged the the cement yeah like the the the, the foundation underneath your building yeah. And that occasionate that wasn't able to get back in because it was very dangerous for us just to walk into. It's like an earthquake, but made up by a by the human. <laughs> and you sent me the pictures that I saw yeah. when it happened, and then subsequently, like that was my reaction. Like I live in California, I've been very blessed. We haven't had any dramatically damaging earthquakes while I've lived here, but we know what they look like and when they can happen. And that's what your apartment looked like. Like literally your bedroom, which is where we used to record, like had like a split in the wall that yeah. like was to the outside of the, yeah. like it was like, it was like, like part of your, so, I mean, it looked to people who understand earthquakes, it looked like your building and your particular unit had been literally like destroyed by an earthquake. Yeah. I mean, still cannot believe it. <laughs> But yeah. that made us end up living in a hotel for um, two months. So, uh, so let's be clear. So, like, you had a terrible thing. You're at work. They call you. Hey, your apartment's been damaged. You should, like, you should probably come be aware of this. Then, of course, like, you probably just went home and you, like, packed up your stuff and you got your computer no. and you grabbed your makeup and your underwear and you're like, okay, well, no. I just can't. Wait, no, that's not what happened. Wait, what happened? No, no, no. I wasn't able to do any of those stuff. I just went out in the morning and then I end up with only the clothes that I was wearing that day, my computer and my cell phone and nothing else. Well, my wallet. <laughs> Literally, like whatever you would have had in your backpack going to work and the outfit that you chose that day, which you did not realize was an outfit that you were choosing for the next couple of weeks. Yes. No, it was crazy. And then... The um, government and the construction and the authorities told us that it was a complete loss and that we will, wouldn't be able to recover any of our belongings. So wow. it was very traumatic. Yeah. Like, imagine that you, you cannot access to your stuff, right? to your whatever you have or anything, everything. Your life, your complete life. I, I remember I had my, my passport and my visa next to my bed. And I was like, oh my God, if I can only go and take that. And that, that's just an example, no? But I, I had like uh, some identified items that I, I was like, okay, if I can only go there and took this because it's very important, I don't care about the other stuff. Right. You start making, you start like making bargains with God, right? Like, okay, God, if you yeah. just let me get in there and just get that, I'll be fine with giving up all those other possessions. Yeah. And that was the beginning of a journey for me. Because I start to value a lot of stuff. Yeah. First of all, that we were safe at the end. Nobody got hurt. I learned about letting go to live with only the essential stuff. Yeah. And then I met incredible people. Some people that I never thought that will be there for me to help me. Not even friends. Of course, my friends and my family were there. Sure. And I, I wouldn't be here like if it wasn't for, for them. But there were also other people that I never expect. Yeah. And that was very, um, well, I felt very humble. And I don't know, sure. like yeah. 
to see that that I had this like a support system that I didn't knew. <laughs> right. Because so some some of these people you're referring to, like some of these were maybe known people to you, but not like those types of re- relationships or friendships. But then also, I, I would imagine because suddenly you're thrust into a circumstance with these neighbors who are kind of maybe strangers. Like I bet you also got exposed to like this sense of community with a bunch of people you yeah. you never would have stopped to say hi to, or they never. they never would you would have just passed each other on the street kind of thing. It was a discover for all the neighbors because we at the end we were very similar in our lives, and we made a, a really nice connection between each other. And we also learned that sometimes we we are in our world. And we don't like take the time to connect with your neighbors, mm-hmm. like the people that live just in the, mm-hmm. it's next to the other wall. And maybe one day you will need them and you don't know. Mm-hmm. And well, my, now I'm in another apartment. <laughs> but I, I, I bet in your new apartment, knowing you a little bit, but now also listening to you tell the story, I suspect you will be more aware or more conscious yeah of your new neighbors and the people you yeah. the people you pass at the post box or the person that you hold the gate for or the person that yeah. they see, you see them walking their dog like you'll probably now be a little bit more curious and engaged about them than you were maybe in your old place. Yeah, of course. And not also with my neighbors of the of the zone like the stores on the front or the coffee shop. Those people were there to help us. They were more close than the authorities or the construction that that made the the problem. But for me, it's it has been a, a month of a lot of reflections, and also because I was in a very low uh, part of my life in in that moment. So when that happened, it also made me see that that were more important stuff to yeah. take care of. Yeah, and that at the end. It is very important to be to go back into you and evaluate like every small thing that you have. Yeah. One of the things I'm really curious about, first I wanna I wanna I'll share a statement, which is funny because you may have forgotten about this. So if we go way back into episodes from our first season when we used to call them seasons, so like 2020 when we first started this, there's an episode where we talked about what we thought life would be like in this new pandemic reality and like maybe in a post quote unquote, post pandemic world, which I'm not sure we're in yet, (laughs) but like, and, and you said something in one of those episodes, which we kind of built like the whole episode around, which was that you predicted that we were heading into a world in which we were going to be maybe less about getting on the airplanes and going to the faraway cities and traveling all over the world with our friends and our businesses. And and we were going to become more village-like and we were going to like, we were going to kind of return. I think the way you phrased it was like, we were going to go back in time, almost culturally. We were going to go back to a place where we worried about our neighbors and where we shopped with the local shop owner and where we we spent our money with the local restaurants instead of just the fanciest restaurant in the in the fancy part of town. And you said that two <laughs> years almost, right? Two years almost before. Now, what you're telling me is that life like thrust that at you, and yeah. and it kind of surprised you in a positive way, like that your village was actually there for you. Yeah, I mean, I thought about that as a, something that I would love to happen, to see happened, to be more connected with the community and to have these kind of lifestyles to 
take advantage of the resources that were very close to us. And yeah, at the end, I experiment that like in the purest way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I listen, as I watched you, as it unfolded, and I mean, once we got past like the trauma, trauma of the first two weeks or so, right. And, and then I yeah. listened to, as you rebuilt that conversation. And I actually went back and listened to it just because I was like, holy shit. Like she had no idea that she was essentially describing a future episode in her own life. <laughs> yes. Right. Cause you were talking like aspirationally about it for all of us. And hopefully we all become more connected with our neighbors and we all become slowed down a little bit and more localized. And what you were really doing when you said that, like you were re- literally like predicting something that was going to happen in your life, which that's incredible. You never know. I mean, my, my, um, way to see life is, is like that, like take advantage every day of whatever sure. you can do. And how do you say there's a, like a saying, no size, size the day. Seize the day, seize the day, which in Latin would be carpe diem. Yeah. yeah. So you, so you feel, you feel you're more that mindset now than maybe you were. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not to not care about stuff. Or plan or think ahead or it's not that. No, no, it's not like that. But it's like just like the attitude every day just yeah. to wake up in the morning and you don't know what is going to happen. So here's something I've been thinking about as I'm listening to you. And I'm I'm not gonna like make you as they would say, spill the tea on all the personal stuff going on in your life, but it has been a traumatic year. Like you've 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 gone through a lot, a lot of changes in relationships. A lot of changes in work, a lot of changes in obviously this crazy circumstance at home. Yeah. Here's something that didn't surprise me at all, but I think it surprised you. And I would love for you to talk to, frankly, the women that are like you in our audience, right? What this did for you is it thrust you into being like a local leader. Like it made you became a little bit like an activist voice for your little comunidad. Like you stood up and kind of said, like, I'm going to try and talk to the government. I'm going to try and talk to the lawyers. I'm going to try and talk to the contractors. And those are things that if I would have asked you the day before it happened, if you would ever do those things, you would have been like, no way, Rob. That's not my personality. Like, I don't, uh uh, no, I'm cool being like the second person in line and like, I'll be helpful, but I don't want to be the. And you did. You like life threw a circumstance on you. And the leader that I've always known is inside of you kind of emerged. Talk about that. If you think it's correct, like if you think I'm wrong, tell yeah. me. But I, I feel like you you're, you found a little bit of your voice, let's just say. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm always a positive person. And, 100% you are. And I always try to help. I have like a, in Spanish, it's corazón de pollo. like. And in English, it's a servant's heart. Yeah. So... As you say, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I know I can do this, but it's okay. It's someone else do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so again, it's, it's, and I say this with all love, right? It's like you, it, I just felt like as the circumstances wore on and you had to push and like, you needed feed, you needed answers. You needed, somebody needed to be responsible and people in your building, maybe, maybe different economic backgrounds, different yeah. social like there weren't those people that were going to step up and say like, I'll take on the lawyers. I'll tell them yeah. this is bullshit. And you asserted yourself a little bit more than you usually do. Yeah. I was like, let's do this. How can we solve this? I was like a chip just <laughs> turn on. Right. And also another thing that made me feel that I was to do it is because 
that I had this power of connections, like for my friends, like, hey, I saw this, I know this person, or how can I help? And then I saw, I, I thought like, hey, maybe I can help my community and my neighbors with my network. And it's funny because I always thought about this, like, I know a lot of people and sometimes I don't know how to use them. <laughs> and it, it, not in a bad way. No, I, I would actually, I would agree with that about you. Like you, you have a, you have a vast network. Maybe it's yeah. not my network size, but that's also because I'm 20 some odd years older than you, right? Uh-huh. But like you have a vast, for someone your age in your position, a woman in Mexico, like you have a pretty substantial network of a range of like very valuable slash powerful, influential people. This maybe it kind of taught you, you could use that. Yeah. And I never, I, I mean, something now that I think it, I have to use more and I don't have to like to say like, oh no, what they will think. Uh, no. You have to use your network, and that's why it is there. And mm-hmm. at the end, everybody made their network with, with their actions and their personality, and the network is there because of that. So, yeah, that that made me to just, let's do this. Let's uh, solve this. And at the beginning, I was very into it, like to help my neighbors and to arrange everything and to find a lawyer and then to organize all the neighbors and to be there to solve and to, and then you help me with the connection for another friends in common. And then it resolved a reunion with the government. And then I was like, oh my God, I didn't knew that I could like add this to, to my neighbors. No, it empowered me. And also another thing that I think was very crucial for me, and I was very worried at the moment was about my job because I was going to say, you were, we haven't talked about that yet, but like, oh, by the way, while this was going on, like you were very, like almost at the busiest peak yeah. of what you were hired to do. Like you were literally, in case people forget, she works for Yema, a grocery mercado chain in Mexico that's growing. And you were responsible for opening up the first and then second locations outside yeah. of Mexico City while this was happening. Yeah, we were about to open the first store. And we were like in the last details to have the opening. And then it happened. And I was like, oh my God. And also because we are a little, very small team here in the city. So I was very, very worried to like, how can I going to do all this stuff? Or if I going was able to do it, I had to say thanks a lot to my company because they were very supportive. Since the beginning, they were like, okay. We will help you take your time, do whatever you have to do, and we will be here. I mean, they also trust me that everything will be fine while I was in the middle of the hurricane. Yeah, the right, right. That was. You, you were in the middle of a life hurricane. Yeah. And at the end, we ended up opening the first store, and the opening was very successful, and I didn't know how I made it. <laughs> yeah. Were you just were you just like the American English phrase like on autopilot? Were you just going like you just were doing, and then it yeah. was, and then it was over, and you were like, "Wait, what just happened?" Yeah, and then it was it was crazy because I was living in a hotel without any belongings, yeah. and the first the first night I had to get basic stuff for living. Toothpaste, then, soap, yeah. yeah, female products, like everything, everything, and another another t shirt because I only had one, and then. <laughs> I only had a, a pair of sneakers and then the second week I was like, I didn't, can't stand the sneakers anymore. Yeah, yeah. 
like, so not to be like overly dramatic, because obviously there are people who always have it worse in life, right? Of but, course. But but you were homeless. <laughs> yeah. Or or, or unhoused, right? I mean, again, yes, you were fortunate that you, okay. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm a privileged person. Of and, course. And I, I'm not saying that it's not true, but but technically speaking, you went from having a home to not having a home and having no personal belongings within a 12-hour period. Yeah, and then and then had to keep doing your job, which wasn't just like sitting at a computer on Zoom or answer or doing spreadsheets. Literally, your job involves like running around the city, leading a team, opening up a physical store, which, by the way, still coming out of a pandemic, like a new concept, like all of that while being homeless with two T-shirts, one pair of underwear, one pair (laughs) of shoes that you didn't like anymore and like not enough makeup and like all that problems going against you and wondering who's in your corner, friends, your family doesn't live there, your your family lives hours away on an airplane. Yes. At the beginning, I I felt, well, no, I think when a month passed, Mm -hmm. when I was in the first month in the hotel, sometimes I was alone there in my room. (laughs) This sounds very dramatic. This is good. I like this. This is great. This is great radio. Great podcast right here. Yeah. And then I felt like very lonely like yeah of course i'm not from this city i don't have a house a home i live in a hotel i can barely know the people that i'm every day yeah. talking but at that point we were friends already the, the neighbors yeah even though we were close and now we are very close friends i felt like it was very like surreal for me like sure. i'm not from here i'm in a in a hotel room bed. By the way, though, we're talking about a place where you're saying you felt so, I'm not from here. You've said that phrase three times now in 60 yeah. seconds. I'm not from here, I'm not from here. From a girl who's literally lived here, that place, for like 12 or 13 years at that point. Yes. So that makes it even more stark that like you felt those emotions even in a place where it essentially has been home. Yes. But when you strip away all the day-to-day stuff, suddenly it was like, oh, this isn't home. Where am I? Yeah. And also adding all this stuff that we were talking about to reflect about how the society is moving here in Guadalajara. I'm just one case. But it's going. But this is happening in the city, and in only not only in Guadalajara. Yeah. It's happening in Ciudad de Mexico. In the, in this, it's happening in Los Angeles. It's happening everywhere. And it and it's not just happening because our building collapses and then we have to move. It's happening because the land. Maybe maybe your building doesn't collapse, but then they build and open that beautiful apartment next to you, and then the rents go way up, and then all of a sudden your landlord a year later when your lease comes up, your landlord goes, well, "Wait a minute." Like the building next door charges this much more. I can charge this. And now all of a sudden you young working professionals can't afford to live in that neighborhood anymore. That's gentrification. Yeah. (laughs) It's in in its purest. (laughs) So, I mean, you're a smart person in, in general beyond this experience, but like, has it made you think about how difficult a complex a problem that is and how it's not easily solved? Yeah, I have been thinking about a lot of about that. Yeah. Um, nobody is trying to solve it. They are just building more. People is moving more. Now with all the pandemic, uh, we have a lot of 
digital nomads that have a lot of great income that are right. from other cities that want to move to another place. And those places are exactly these kind of neighborhoods. And sometimes I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, it's how do you solve it? But maybe it's something that it's going to be like that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean. No, I'm with you. Like, I, it's what, I mean. Maybe it's just the way the world is now. And, right. I, and, and, and I'm thinking the thing that I'm saying, it's not good for a lot of people, including me, because it, it ended up being a problem for me, but. Is it something that we have to accept? Do do we, are we basically slowly like so slowly that it's almost not noticeable day to day? Are we so slowly just kind of pulling ourselves apart to have a world and then like cities and state that are basically just haves and have nots? Yeah, and and those people no maybe in the past those people we all used to mix in the same neighborhoods on the same buses and the same but now little by little we're just becoming like. Well, there's where all the Habs live and they live their way and they have their Teslas and their bougie grocery stores yeah. and their nice cafes and their fancier Starbucks. And then where's there's where all the have nots live and they live further away and they don't have the fancy this and they don't have the best schools. And like we because this has been coming for like 50, 60 years. Right. I mean, yeah, we're, so you experienced it. We just there was a huge article in the L.A. Times like three, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Because we have obviously such a massive Mexicano population here. It was a mm-hmm. headline <laughs> front page article on the LA Times about the gentrification of Americans taking over Mexico City during the pandemic. The digital nomads moving to Mexico City and then driving up the rents in Mexico City and living. And I'm like, oh shit, like, right? This is a thing. We're writing about this in the LA Times. And and yeah. it's and I, I don't see a way that you just like, oh, we should not do this. Right, and then yeah. it just stops. Yeah, yeah, it it won't stop. But it, so I think there's two or three, I don't know, stuff happening here. Like one is the like a, the economic stuff and how the cities are um, changing, and in the other side we have this nostalgic part of those places are becoming popular because of what they are all the history and the mm-hmm. stuff that happened there. But then the the stuff that made at the beginning the place so magical is not there anymore. Right. It's just a new place that it's just a copy-paste of another big city in Berlin mm-hmm. or London or some of the some of the some of the American quotes in this article in the LA Times literally uh-huh. said things like and I'm not specifically quoting like paraphrasing literally said things like yeah it was like so easy to move to condesa and like because the because it was basically just like my neighborhood in la except cheaper right so wait a minute like what like that's not or i there was an article or i have one of the young ladies that works for us at growth hacks lives now in in portugal in lisbon and Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of stories about that with both americans and people from latin america like moving to lisbon and like taking over and gentrifying lisbon so it's unaffordable for local portuguese and the quotes are the same, like, oh, yeah, it's like living in California, but without all the cost and the traffic. And it's like... So, so we are standardizing... Everything. Uh-huh, everything. And how the buildings look, how the restaurants are, how the cool stuff are, but in a global way. And Yeah, but then, like, so then, right? So then, our, our identity. Uh, right. I mean, because, like, the, and again, like, that's not a... And, and you and I are in... We live in the entrepreneurial world. We live in the, the problem-solving world. Right. And so by nature, we default to like, 
yes, Rob, we've identified the problem and how can we fix it, right? And there's a social problem and how can we address it? This is one of those that every time I think about it and talk about it, I just stop myself like you did and I kind of go, maybe this is just what it is. And, and, I, don't, I, and I don't like that, but it's like... I don't like that. And, and I, sometimes I feel when I speak about this because I, I cannot understand the whole of, of it, I listen to myself and I sound like very ignorant. Like right, <laughs> You're not, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Because I'm speaking... And I'm fine, right? Yeah, you know exactly. Yes. And but we're, we're too we're too light skinned, well off, educated white yeah, collar white right. collar ed workers in the tech world, right? And so we're like doing okay. But we're you experienced it, like you literally had it happen to you, and and if not for again circumstance, patience from your company, da 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 da, your persistence, like. Who knows, like how it, what the next move would have been? Like maybe you don't wind up walking into a new apartment looking for a building and see the painting of your friend and decide that, like, oh my gosh, this is where I'm supposed to be, right? And, yeah. and you're okay now. I'm. I can. Hey, everybody who can't see her, I can report. She's wonderful. She looks <laughs> great. She's got a tan from La Paz. She's happy. Okay. She's got a new bedroom, new apartment. Like she's. But again, this has all just happened in the last. I've known you for almost six years. Wow. Or yeah. five and a half, six years. This has all just happened in like the last hundred days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? You were the girl that was like desperately sad and worried. Not really sad, but like worried about becoming a certain age when you had your last birthday. Right? And we would not talk about it because you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm going to be this age. And the truth is like, that was nothing compared to the what was going to happen in like a hundred days of your this new decade of yours. Right. I mean, so like you, you faced more and, and again, now I'm going to just embarrass you because I'm super proud of you. Like the growth that I've seen, and this is not to blow smoke at you, but like you are already a mature person and you're already obviously really smart and you're obviously hugely empathetic and, and understanding of other people. You have one of the biggest hearts of people I know, but what I, how I've seen you quote unquote grow or grow up in this last like five, six months has been incredible because again, there were professional risks and changes you took. There were personal relationships you had that changed. Then this happened, which for a lot of people might've been like the nail in the proverbial coffin. Like, that's it. I'm done. Like this is too, I'm going to just go home and sit on the beach in the pause and just, this is bullshit. I'm out, but you didn't. And now I look at you and I, and I would talk to you and I see you on social media and I see the smile is as strong as it was when I met you six years ago at a time in your life when you were probably on a high, like when uh -huh. you were like, I'm super confident, I'm changing the world, I'm tackling, like I believe in myself. And now I see that smile and I hear it in your voice and I see it in your posts and like you're a better, stronger version of yourself for having gone through all this doesn't diminish the fact that it, it's been really, really hard. And I can see in your face, you've said it already today on the show, like it's been not to overstate it maybe, but like transformational, like you're a different, better, healthier, happier you now than you were maybe a year ago, even though you had the apartment and you had your stuff and you had all your, right? Yeah. And, or maybe I'm just conscious about me. Cheers to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I like life advice 101 today, right? I mean, so hey, mentor for the day, buddy. Like, so in every in every show, we ask one of our we ask our guests if they would like to share three specific actionable pieces of advice that people can apply in their life or their business when they stop listening. What three lessons have maybe really stuck with you that you think you're going to carry forward that you could share with other people when they obviously let's hope. Knock on wood, nobody in our audience faces what you faced in the last six months. But when they face adversity, when they face difficulty, when they face challenges in their relationships or their lives or their unexpected struggles or traumas, what three pieces of advice could you give to anybody, but maybe especially our our young Latinas and our young Mexicanas who are listening? Oh, my God. Okay. So one of the things that I learned in this journey it's that you don't really need much to be happy. You don't need stuff to be happy. You can find happiness within you and the and the ones that are around you. And if you are able to connect with you and your the ones that are beside you, you already have everything that you need. Yeah. You can create happiness with the little stuff that you have. And this applies in every context, I think. The second one, and then maybe it's kind of the same of the first one, it's crucial to understand that it's good to let it go, to learn to let it go. Whatever it may be in your life. Yeah, it could be stuff, it could be a relationship, it could be an idea, but it's fine to let it go. You cannot be creative enough if you keep on hanging out on stuff, it won't be like a door open for creativity, innovation. And so we have to, we have to, we have to let go of some of all this stuff we hold on to, to literally create space for what's possible. Yeah. And the third one, connect uh, and believe in, in your connections, connecting with you with the ones that are around you, connect with your power, with all the stuff that you have done. Connect with that in order to to increase your your light, your own sure. light. I love that idea. I love the simplicity of like connect, just one word, right? But yet yeah. you just you gave like so many examples, but it's like here's my version of what I heard you say, like be connected with like the life you're living in those yeah. moments. Don't just pass through life. Yeah. Yeah, like that. It applies in relationships, yeah, friends, family, but also in the moment. See. Be See. present. Always there there's always something you know, that you, is always like too. You know what I always tell you, right? Like what's today? It's like happy Thursday. <laughs> yes. Right? And then if I text you tomorrow, I'll be like, happy. You, could, you know, that's coming for me, right? It's like, happy Friday, happy Monday, happy. Because yeah. why not? Like, why not? Like, it's all we literally know is to connect to your point, just to connect yeah. to today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I literally, I, I mean, my building could collapse tonight and I could be in your <laughs> no, show. Like, no, please. I, mean, I don't let's want hope, that. Let's hope not, right? This building is like a hundred years old, so it could, you never know. But like, <laughs> I, but I can't, I can't go back and fix yesterday. I don't know what might happen tomorrow. So like, yeah. like your point is so beautiful, but so simple, yet so difficult for us to do. Sometimes it's just a moment in the day. Like 
maybe in the morning, maybe where you are walking to get your coffee in the morning or during the night when you're about to sleep, just take a moment to connect, to say, okay, uh, this is me. This happened today. I'm grateful. That will, I think for me, it opened like um, many possibilities that I never thought. And it gave me a lot of empowerment. Even thinking today, I just eat something that I like. <laughs> like even if it's not something special, you know. Just so you just you were in the moment. Like I'm alive, no. And you just shared incredible advice that was that's because you're so strong and you're so smart and you're so loving, and you just experienced a lot. And you are, as you say, still here, still fine still alive, still strong. It didn't kill you, right? What we always used to say, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And it literally did. So I'm going to just say, before I start crying and get emotional, I, <laughs> I, I love you. You know that. I'm so grateful for you. You literally have no idea. Like, I feel like 20 pounds lighter today doing this show with you versus doing it by myself. Like, it's really stressful being the only host and so like, this is so much better. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to record more episodes now that she's back. I'm proud of you. You don't need me to tell you that, but I tell you when I am and you, I am, <laughs> you're a special person. You. you know, you, you're a better version of yourself now. It's awesome. I'm glad you're back. And I can't wait to have a lot more cool conversations with a lot of really cool people. So we can help, as you say, empower people to believe in what's possible and remind people that it all starts with them with each of us as individuals like that's that's really all we're ever trying to do with our show right is we're just trying to connect people connect right (laughs) to to help empower other people so that maybe little by little you made your little zona your little neighborhood that little community dot you made it a little bit better place in the world by how you engaged with your neighbors other people made your little spot in the world a little bit better by how they helped you out and were surrounding you with love and support like and you and i have spent half a decade talking about how to change the world and how to build this and how to scale that. And we always say, you want to go global, start local. And your lessons today, I think for me is that the ultimate local is us like the human, the person. Yeah. I love you. Huge hugs. Thank you. Thank you. This is usually where my co-host is says, how do we follow you on social media? How do we get a hold of you? How can people follow up with you? And so how can how can they find you on social media? Okay, you can find me in all the social platforms as at Ileana J-A-F or Ileana Haf. And also you can find Rob as <laughs> at I am Rob Ryan. But more important, you can find us, Mentors Today, Exactly. At Mentors Today. Yes. Oh, it's awesome. I'm glad you're back. I'm super excited. You and I and Deanna know we have some secret plans for the rest of the year and some cool stuff. So, hey, audience, thanks for being with us all the time. We love you. We're grateful for you. We just want to keep growing the bridge across the Americas. And hey, welcome back, Ileana Half. (laughs) Thank you. As always, we thank you so much for listening. Today's show was recorded in Los Angeles and Guadalajara, produced by Deanna Bernal in Mexico City, and promoted by the content team at Growth Hacks in Tijuana, Mexico. You can always find and share our show via any popular podcasting platform, as well as find us on social media at Mentors Today on Instagram. If you'd like to connect with our hosts, you can find them on Twitter or Instagram at I am Rob Ryan 
or at Ileana J-A-F. Gracias, thank you, and we'll see you next time.